Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. By 2025, the millennial generation will make up about 75% of the workforce. And if you haven't noticed, this segment of the population does things a little differently than their predecessors. Adam McCampbell, a millennial leadership consultant, is passionate about creating organizations where everyone can thrive. Today, he will join us to talk about today's changing workforce. Adam has consulted with companies nationwide and has helped them identify and develop top talent throughout their company. I can't wait to pick his brain. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Good to, good to have you around. And uh, I want to go back to what we started with. By 2025, the millennial generation will make up about 75% of the workforce. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. you're going to help the baby boomers deal with that. That's what you do. It is. It is. It's what I do. Uh, and really, the the fact is, is that we're moving away from it being a, a millennial conversation and moving it more into a a workforce conversation. Sure. And I understand uh, world headquarters for your company is located in Dublin, Ohio, uh, just down the street from our recording studios here in Dublin, Ohio. Yes. And uh, your website, let's, uh, let's, can you give our listeners uh, the website? They Absolutely. like to go on. AdamMcCampbell.com. So A-D-A-M-M-C-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. And they'll find it. They go on there. They may find that your yellow lab is named Griffey. That's right. Yeah, he's uh, he's moving a little slower these days, but uh, doing well. And got two two young boys, and married to my wife for fourteen years. Where'd you come up with the name Griffey? Can be a Red Jr. Fan? That's You're right. Reds fan. That's right. So, uh, what about Ken Griffey Senior? That's uh, that's my uh, yeah. era. Yeah. Well, and, and Ken Griffey's even uh, uh, getting a little age to him now these days too. So good, good. So. You know, one of the things we're going to talk about is bridging the generational gap. And, and of course, uh, I think you're a millennial. I am. I actually call myself an ancient millennial. Ancient millennial? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm a baby boomer. So, you know, I'm not sure how this podcast is going to go. <laughs> it will grow great. It'll go. So, yes. And, uh, you know, we talked yesterday on on some notes in, in preparation for, you know, today's uh, production. But we, we did go into and talk about that 75% of the workforce will be, is changing, will mm-hmm. be millennials, and leadership styles have to change or will change, not have to change, but are changing. Can you comment on some things you're seeing in, in, in your travels of what's happening or what you're, uh, you're discussing with, uh, with your companies? Yeah, it really is a leadership issue. And what I'm seeing and having a chance to help facilitate some of those conversations is a movement towards more of a, a servant leadership style. Some people don't like that word, so we can even say people-first leadership style, uh, where we're moving to be a little more broad in our thinking as leaders, that we're not just focused on ourselves or our consumer or the the bottom line, the shareholder, and that we're moving towards more of a, a larger picture considering all the stakeholders. So c- employees, customers, vendors, our community. Uh, so that that's really the what I'm passionate about and what I love Love talking about. You know, when I was uh, looking at some of your notes and and some things on your website and get a general feel for some of the things you consult with, I I saw a term certified care to lead coach, mm-hmm. and and I wrote that down. I got it highlighted in my notes. You can see that, and 
What the heck is Certified to Lead Coach? <laughs> yeah, so Care to Lead is a curriculum created by a social enterprise here in town called Relay. They're a leadership development organization. Been a volunteer for them for a number of years, and they created a curriculum that I absolutely love. And it, it's a servant leadership-based curriculum around care. So connect, align, release, uh, and encourage. And I believe that really helps companies do what I talk about as far as moving to be more encompassing with all generations. Because really, like I said, it's not really a millennial issue. It's it's a leadership issue to accompany uh, and take into consideration more people. So the, um, you know, on on the podcast and the podcast community, we we, we talk a lot about leadership and mm-hmm. leadership styles and, and succession planning. And of course, there's a big component there that mm-hmm. needs some leadership. But um, we we hear this term. I'll, I'll throw this term to you, and then you comment. Okay. You know, if I'm talking to a a senior leader, senior ownership in a company, typically I'll get the comment, "Well, that person's not ready to assume the role." Mm-hmm. Right away, when I hear that, I'm thinking, "Oh boy, they need your services." Yeah, I hear that a lot, and the reality is that's an area that those senior leaders really need to challenge within themselves. What got me into this? whole world was a study on the demographics. Baby boomers, depending on who you talk to, about 80 million. Uh, Gen X, the next generation that's supposed to replace them, about 45 million. So half the size. The next large generation are millennials. That middle generation is not going to be able to replace all the retiring baby boomers. And so we're going to have to take some steps of faith and trust some of these uh, millennials in leadership roles that they may feel they're not ready for. So part of your consulting that you do may being sit down with the senior leadership and have a very honest and direct conversation about, hey, man, chill out. You know, give this group a chance. They've got some great ideas. Yeah. So my background, I owned an executive search firm for about seven years and had a chance to consult and speak all over the country with mid-sized companies, um, a lot of manufacturers. And I could tell pretty quickly if they were having issues in this topic just by the, the makeup of the leadership team. And if there were no millennials on that team and they were having this issue, that would be one of the first things I started to press into is where's the representation? And have you really even talked to the people in your company about this that are in this demographic? And you use the word trust. Mm. There has to be a trust on on both sides. There does. There does. But Dave, I firmly believe the leader goes first. Good point. Yeah. Good point. You know, one of the things that, that we talk about is a new generation has new values and expectations of the workforce and and leadership. And and I think you pointed out to me that here certainly we we may have a workforce that has three or four generations within that workforce. Yeah. So right now there's traditionalists and they're for the most part retired, but they've started companies. So they're thinking their their uh, fingerprints are all over organizations still. And then boomers, Gen X, and millennial. And so that's a, a, a broad range of different perspectives and values. So you you work with a company, like I mentioned, that had maybe three to four generations. I mean, you'll do some consulting with them to, you know, to join those cultures of those various uh, age groups and, and blend them and help them thrive. Yeah. The big thing is helping people realize that, and it sounds funny, but that the world has just changed. 
And the way we perceive uh, work and the, the different values we have are influenced by how that world has changed and how that generation was brought up. And it's time to, to be a little more expansive in what we consider our workforce. You know, let's uh, let's talk about a couple examples. Let mm-hmm. me throw a couple questions to you. And, sure. And uh, real life things. See how uh, see how we do here. Put me on the spot. Yeah, you got it. Okay, my generation. Um, you know, we start at eight o'clock, <laughs> but by golly, I'm gonna be there twenty to eight. Mm-hmm. What time's your generation get to work? Time isn't as important as the result. So this generation values wanting to see results over time. So it just depends. Depends on that that culture and that team and their their focus is, what do I have to accomplish? What's my expectation? Uh, and am I meeting those expectations? And if I am and I'm getting the, the job done, is time as big of a deal? So as, as the baby boomer, I have to understand that, that mm. you're looking at results. Let's look at results, not what time you get to, to the office. Yeah, because oftentimes what I hear from millennial employees is sometimes it's an efficiency issue. If... I can get more done in a shorter amount of time. Why do I have to be there or why do I have to stay? And if someone else takes us two hours longer than I do, why are they getting promoted or rewarded and I'm getting criticized? And Adam, I, you know, in 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 this company, we do our work here at the office, <laughs> eight to five, you know, mm-hmm. eight to six, yep, five days a week, maybe Saturday morning if we're behind schedule. You know, what's your work? week look like and by the way we don't take work home uh, well Well, we might take work home we got to read and stuff like that okay might be something we have to talk about dave you know this generation millennials freedom is a big deal uh freedom over not just um my my work and my results and my job but also where i work and uh, that's a that's a, a hot topic and i often talk to owners that are a little testy about that. And they say, Adam, you know, my my employee came to me and said, I really need to work from home the next two days. And the response is, well, we really don't have a work from home policy. And I pause and I say, well, that's interesting. What happens when that employee gets a call at 930 at night from a client and it's an emergency? What's the expectation and the policy then? More often than not, it's handle that call. And so I, I think there needs to be an honest dialogue that goes both ways you can't have both. If it's if you're not having a work from home policy, how can you expect that employee to still do that at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night? You know, when I come in the office, I turn my cell phone off and put it in the corner and I don't look at it again until maybe lunch. Where's your cell phone? In my pocket, always, except when I'm on a podcast. When you're doing my, podcasts, my, my Yeah, my <laughs> ringer's broken. You know, that that's a big issue. And I realize that different industries and different uh, workplaces have to address that. I tend to lean more towards it's the way the world's changed and it's a it's a tech issue. And as we all know, millennials are very tech-centric. And so if it's not a disruption to the job, uh, I think it's a, a, a non-issue. You know, Adam, in our company, we wear, uh, occasionally we wear <laughs> coats and ties and we wear wingtips. And I notice you have... Uh, Flip-flops on today in, in jeans. What's uh, what's that all about? You know, I, I, I almost put the flip-flops on, but I did put on my nice jeans and I tucked my shirt in for you, Dave. So it's uh, the, the big thing with this generation is that line between the, the personal and the, prof- the professional is gone. And so that formality of office, whether it be strict timelines, 
dress code, all of those things are being challenged by this generation. And again, if, it, if it's not a function of getting the job done, I think it's something that needs to be discussed and honestly analyzed. So you're right. Going back to where you started, we started this conversation. We had some fun and I was, yeah. I was, I was hoping we could have that conversation, <laughs> but it's, it's results. It's yeah. a result-driven uh, uh, culture uh, in generations. And I think that's where you can come in and, and give some key consulting ideas to both sides of the fence, you know? And, and I want to make sure that, you know, this conversation, and in some companies, it's us versus them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's certainly not the way this is coming across. I think you, you help blend that culture. Yeah, I do want to help kind of change the tone because I, I feel, you know, as I've traveled and, and worked with a variety of different companies, that there is a little bit of a, a harsh tone towards the millennial generation. And, and I do want to change that a bit. Oftentimes, you may not have a millennial issue. You may have a selection issue. It may be a hiring issue. And so that's something I do as well as I come in and help analyze uh, your hiring process and your hiring practices. Uh, so that, that could be the challenge. But I, I do feel passionate about changing this us versus them tone that does get thrown around a lot with with this conversation. Oh, I hear that more and more. And then this conversation, even though we're laughing and having a yeah. good time about it, it it's real. It, uh, it is real. It is, it is totally real. And the reality is, back to the start of the conversation, you can't really change the fact that this generation's coming, they have different expectations, and they are the workforce. And so it's time to start to look a little more um, inward as to how are we approaching this. You know, yesterday, uh, you and I had a conversation uh, off the record about, you know, the type of clients that, you know, Ray and Associates works with. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we work with type of company is we have companies that have been handed down from generation to generation to generation. And again, here's this baby boomer to millennial issue, maybe at the height of the discussion where maybe that's a little bit more difficult in a family business. It is. It's, it's so difficult. I have a special place in my heart. I actually, I grew up uh, on a family farm, which was a family business. Saw the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and have have taken that with me even into the workplace. And many of the the companies I worked for when I was in executive search were family owned, and I'm seeing that that now. Um, you know, you add family, and it gets even more heated and more difficult. There's more emotions involved, but it's still the tone of the conversation is still pretty much the same. It's a matter of hey, the world's changed, our workforce is changing. How do we adapt? And how do we look at that? And whether, whether it's family-owned business or, or not, just another a legacy company with uh, succession planning needs, it's still time to have that honest conversation sooner than later. So let's talk about some of the engagements that uh, you've been involved in, speaking engagements or consulting engagements. Uh, what, uh, what size of, of companies do you work with? Across the board, uh, you know, I work with executives one-on-one, but also companies anywhere ranging from, you know, small family-owned businesses to um, a couple hundred employees. Uh, usually the the larger companies, I, I will do speaking engagements with them as well, but a lot of them also have HR departments to help with this, but I, I come in and assist them too. But my sweet spot's really that, a couple million to, to 50 million. Sure, sure. And after, after your presentations and speaking engagements, you get standing ovations from the millennials? Always, always. always. 
<laughs> what do the baby boomers say? They're like, they're checking their phone. They're ready to go. You know, it's funny because uh, depending on the demographic of the audience, sometimes I really have to push the millennials to talk. But once I get them talking, yeah, it, it starts to come out. It starts to come out that there's there's some things that need to be discussed. You know, you mentioned something, and, and I didn't really, uh, really think about this, is that maybe this separation, if you will, in some of the cultures between the generations is more of a hiring issue not a leadership issue. There are duds in every generation. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. And I think the fact that a new generation is coming in, it's time to really look at our culture and our processes and how we are, are blending that into our selection. Uh, I think the companies with great cultures and have uh, taken the initiative to shape and curate and use that culture are doing a little better. The companies that have allowed their culture to be dictated really by the, the generation in charge they're struggling a little bit. You know, the search for talent is is alive and well, very mm-hmm. difficult. We talk about that often on on the podcast. Are is as you're out in the community, is that is that real? Do you see the search for talent as a real challenge for all of us? All the time. Uh, that's really where I come in is usually there's a an issue with recruitment or retention. Typically it is around possibly bring in some some um, millennial generation folks, but uh, it can be across the board. I think it's Inc. that puts out their survey. Uh, and number one or number two issue is always, I could grow faster if I had more people or if I had the right people. You know, if I'm your, your boss and I'm not treating you very well and I'm not giving you the evaluations mm-hmm. and the feedback, you're not sticking around, are you? You got choices. This generation is uh, a transactional generation unless you give them reason otherwise. And so if it's all based around pay and that's why you're you're there, yeah, they'll be gone quickly. You know, there was a story in a Reddit, and I, and I apologize, I don't have the source, but uh, I did read that millennials aren't very good tippers in restaurants and bars. <laughs> is, any any thought on that? Well, you know, I, I have heard financially they're they're a little more conservative, a little, a little more uh, more willing to stay in mom and dad's basement. That's another time, another discussion. <laughs> uh, but saving money, yeah. and so I am seeing that a little bit. So that, yeah. that could be part of it. Well, what I heard, they just have too much student debt. That's uh, <laughs> that's probably it. Maybe could be, could be. You know, you'd mentioned the the line between personal and professional no longer exists. Can you expand on that statement? <sighs> yeah, it's. It's really, a, again, the world's changed. We're in a 24-7, always connected, always on, always public society. And that's Im- impacted the the workplace. Uh, I talked to some, you know, baby boomers, even traditionalists. And I've heard, hey, when our generation, it was you went to work and you had your professional life. And then you went home and you had your home life. It's really hard to keep those separate now. It's really hard if my supervisor uh, goes out and plays in an 80s hair band, uh, you know, cover band on the weekend, and then comes in and tries to be super formal with me. But I know that because of the pictures posted on Facebook. It just, it's just kind of messy, wonky. And so that line is gone. And that, you know, we talked about the casualization of the, you know, the dress code and the workplace, just that formality is, is really disappeared. And well, some people say it's bad. Some people say it's good. Okay, we are winding down the podcast here. I'm going to put you on the spot again. Go for it. So you're you're doing okay. Hey. You know, your generation is pretty smart. <laughs> you know, all right, we're doing some one-on-one consulting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a baby boomer. Give me three things that I need to work on on my leadership 
with the younger generation? Usually, the number one thing is communication. It's typically not enough. Baby boomers, more often than not, assume that, hey, I've told them once and they know their job, go do it. Uh, it tends to hold true. Gen X is pretty independent as well. Hey, I've told the millennials, they need to know. And if the annual review is the only time we're talking about performance and expectation and uh, how you're doing, you're going to be in trouble. This generation needs, again, 24-7 connected world, much more feedback. They want open, honest conversations, one-on-one conversations. And I say at a minimum quarterly. Uh, minimum. Minimum. I would prefer a sit down. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be super formal. You know, a couple times a month. But I realize that that may just not be reality, but at minimum quarterly. So more communication. One tool I throw out there is a stay interview. So taking your top performers, and this doesn't just have to be millennial, uh, but if retention is an issue, oftentimes we ignore our top performers. Just sitting down with our top performers and asking them questions about, hey, what do you what do you look forward to come into work? You know, what are some some barriers that I could help remove uh, in your job? And the question I really like is, how has the job description and what you thought this job was going to be matched those expectations? Again, it helps open up that dialogue that this generation really wants. And then the last one uh, is, please take a look at the website. If if recruiting is an issue, that website needs to be updated and a little less institutional. So not so much about the company, but more about the great people that work for you. I, I see that all the time. You know, you and I have only met uh, each other for about uh, 30 minutes, had a conversation. I can offer you a job here in the next 15 minutes. We can get a contract ready <laughs> and uh, you're ready to go. We, uh, we'd love to have you on staff. You, you've got a great uh, personality and some great resources that you can share with uh, you know, your clients and our clients. So... Well, well hey, done. We'll talk, but we'll definitely have to talk about that 8 a.m. start time. And flip-flops. Yeah, and flip-flops. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm wearing flip-flops. <laughs> Our guest today has been Adam McCampbell, a consultant, a leadership consultant. I'm going to use that term because mm-hmm. I think that's what you do no matter what generation. I think you have tremendous leadership skills and tools that you can help any company of any size in any industry. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Adam and the work he's doing, check out his website at www.adammccampbell.com or just call us. We'll get you his phone number yeah. and address. And we'll and get you an appointment. Also, if, if interested, if they want to email me or reach out to me, I'd be glad to send them uh, those questions I talked about for the stay interview. Will do. Also, we want you to know what you're doing to set your business apart from your competitors. Listeners, send us uh, an email or contact us at raycpa.com. We're interested in your feedback. And tell us what you are doing to recruit and retain top talent in your generational business. Don't forget to like today's episode. Leave us a comment. Share it with your friends and colleagues. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.